reminded of the song, he drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks drinks a vodka drink. Yeah, but the reality is there is a 34% increase on the amount of alcohol that is being bought by people compared to this time last year. And it made me really think when I heard that statistic, because if I'm truly honest with you guys, which I don't think I've ever said, but uh, six years ago when my kid's dad died, turned to alcohol, Mm -hmm. wasn't great, not proud of it. Um, And I decided this time and, you know, that I wouldn't do that again. So she takes a breath. Mm. Um, anyway, um, yeah, and so this time I thought I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that to myself and I'm going to do it differently. And then we got bloody COVID-19, didn't we? And we all got locked in and things got a tad stressful, didn't they? <laughs> it did. So I'm still convinced I'm not going to, but... What I decided to do to deal with this situation so that you didn't have to hear me sobbing on the radio, so sorry, everyone, just cut out that last it's 30 seconds. It's just the drinking sobbing we're hearing this time. It's it's just, right. <laughs> what I did was I got my bestest ever girlfriends and I asked them to have this conversation with me and we did it last night via Zoom. So, um, and I, I just want to say the way that our relationship works with this amazing group of women is that we use, we're brutally honest with each other mm-hmm. and we use laughter as a way of kind of getting through. So I don't want anyone to judge these women from what you're about to hear. And even though it sounds like it's ridiculous and excessive, they're talking about glasses, not bottles. And I do want to set that up. So we all got online together um, at around six o'clock last night. The voices you will hear are Vanessa, Alex, Mel, Nikki and Heidi. And I asked them about their alcohol intake. I heard today that we kind of come out of ISO either as hunks, chunks or drunks. <laughs> and and I think I've got a foot in each camp. <laughs> and, and I'm not proud of that, but it's true. I, I really feel like I'm um, over-exercising because apart from working catering, what else am I doing? <laughs> um, I'm eating for Australia. There's no two ways about that. And, um, and also I've had an eight-year rule that I wouldn't drink alone. And... Um, and I've um, I've just absolutely abolished that. Um, I'm all over it now. I'm a day drinker. I'm a daily drinker. That's me. Okay, let me throw to the uh, the other single parent in this group who's a non-drinker, Heidi. Yes. So, are you drinking? Not really. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Relationships don't all choke on your alcohol at once. Um. Yeah, that's a reason to drink more. (laughs) There's so many. I I I wrote the book of excuses on why I should have a glass of wine, Um, and COVID is one of them. Being married, number two. (laughs) 
So I didn't need much of an excuse anyway. <laughs> well, actually, of all of us, Vanessa, you are on the front line. Like, you are the COVID-19 nurse. Like, you have an excuse. Yeah, but initially I thought, now, I won't drink during the week because I'm doing a really serious job and I've got to be on my game. And now, now I'm just at the end of the day getting in the car and I think, woo, get home and get to white. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Miss Mel? You're down the Gold Coast and so you're away half the week and home half the week for work. Yeah, which means there's no one to even uh, police my alcohol consumption, which is, um, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, and for me, I think the thing that I've observed the most is I've always been a red wine drinker. Now I'm an anything drinker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, you're being very quiet. You gave up for a whole month, mate. I found it really difficult because I'm working from home. I'm at home. I'm homeschooling and husband's at home full time, not travelling, and he normally travels every week. So it's just been, I found it really hard to, like I haven't even not given up that it would be an option to not have a drink. It's been... It's been more the other way, like how early can I possibly drink without falling into the depths of alcoholism. And in fact, last night I was in some sort of like half menopausal, awake, duper kind of um, meditative state. And I said to, I said to Bill, Bill, I'm an alcoholic. And he was like, okay, night, night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's a fun chat and everyone's ragging each other as it yeah, goes. Yeah, and that's how it is. It's yeah, not yeah. that this group of women and that's all we do. So please don't judge them for that. I, I ask them to be honest and we do carry on a bit. But there is a big thing about changed timetables, changed environments, and people suddenly having a whole lot more time on yeah, their hands. It used to be filled by structure. And that could be a dangerous place. You might be going into a place you don't even know that you are. So rather than just us make fun of my girlfriends and all the things that we might be doing secretly behind closed doors, we've actually got someone coming up next. It is Mel, who's the director of the Haddock Clinic Queensland, and they deal with alcoholics and people who may feel that they have a drinking problem. So this is this she's we're going to have a chat to her next because this is so that you guys listening to us can think, is that me? And if that is me, what can I do about it? Hey, the good news, you might find, it, find out it's not you. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. I'm right with you and all your girlfriends. Uh, I have a, a, a standard philosophy in my life where I only drink when I'm alone or with someone else. not saying that everyone is drinking, but certainly the statistics are saying that 34% people are drinking more alcohol compared to this time last year. If you were listening earlier, you would have heard my girlfriends and I admitting to the way that we've been using alcohol through this COVID-19 crisis. Socially. Socially. Um, and I'm not sure responsibly. So we wanted to get someone who could actually give us some really helpful handy tips. And we have Mel, who is the director of the Hedda Clinic in Queensland. She's on the phone. Hey, Mel. Good morning. You know, last Saturday on Anzac Day, I saw my neighbours, my neighbourhood twice, once at six o'clock in the morning when everyone's out there for the dawn service, and then from about a quarter to one outside the bottle they were queued up like they couldn't wait, we're never going to have another drink again. That's right, yes. Alcohol has certainly been um, on the uh, increase with the coronavirus. 
um, and sales have actually gone through the roof. What is the problem with drinking maybe a little bit more? Yeah, look, alcohol, alcoholism is obviously a massive part of our culture, which is a really major concern. I mean, that's, you know, part of our culture and it has been for a long time. Um, alcohol is really a negative reinforcement because it actually reduces anxiety, but as a result, it increases the risk of regular drinking. And if people have any addictive personalities, it can be, become really extremely destructive. Um, so, yeah, and look, I suppose when we look at people that are drinking, it's really around the behaviour. So, you know, when people say, oh, someone's an alcoholic, it's not the amount they drink. It's about the behaviour that it creates. And a lot of times it's about their inability to cope and the ability to regulate their emotional state. And that's when if people have more of an addictive personality, they can start to get down to that path of you know, excessive drinking. Yeah, Mel, there's also the thing, I guess, in a lot of different landscapes here, um, in isolation, there's no structure. Could there be people who don't even realise they have a potential drinking problem because the structure of going to work, going to, they usually have, has taken away the time when they might be drinking and this is the time where their drinking will increase? Absolutely, yeah. So look, you know, alcoholism and drinking is very much an isolating disease for a lot of people too. They, you know, people who drink a lot prefer to drink alone so, you know, the biggest, the biggest things that people need to take in consideration is really looking at why they're drinking and really look at the emotion behind that. Am I bored? Am I stressed? You know, can I not cope with certain situations? And they need to then put in some mental health and behavioural controls around those anxieties that's creating them to drink a lot more. You know, like I think everyone is stressed. I think there is a much higher level of stress now because what is going on globally and not that everyone reaches to for a bottle of alcohol, but a lot of us, as you say, the statistics, they spent 34% more on alcohol compared to this time last year. So a lot of people are reaching for the bottle. Like how do you do that in this current environment? I think it's really about starting to connect because, you know, one of the things when people start to you know, abuse substances and alcohol a lot more is that they're starting to disconnect and really start to isolate. And you're correct, that's difficult in this environment when we're actually told to isolate. But it's really important to still try and connect with family members, with friends, either through, you know, social media, Zoom, chat meetings, you know, really try and engage with mental health. There's a lot of mental health services out there offering Zoom meetings, yoga, meditation, really trying to and put some more structure in your day as well. So you're actually, you know, getting back to your normal pattern of how you would use alcohol, not on a daily occurrence. What about the self-talk? What about the, I've just earned this, or I'm only going to have one, or this is a unique time and when this is over, I'll go back to the way that it was? Yeah, and look, this is the really problem with our brain because when we start drinking a lot or just more changing our behaviour, the brain really starts to adapt. You actually start to negotiate and say, well, I have earned this. Um, oh, you know, when this is over, I will be able to stop. But the problem is, is that, you know, when it's over, people mightn't be able to stop. But yeah, I think it's just starting to be self-aware of, hey, this is not my normal pattern and this is where my change is starting to happen. And that's where other people in a family environment should have open communication when they can see that behaviour changing. But there's also, I mean, I think there are people listening now, me included, sitting here going, hmm, at what point is that me? And I guess that's what we all have to do. That's right. You've really got to self-regulate 
And that's the difference between people who use socially and people who are in active addiction. People in active addiction can't self-regulate. But people who are social users that, that have the ability to self-stop need to really have a checkpoint system of, you know, why am I doing this? This is really in excess and how can I stop? And what measures can I put in place to try and control this behaviour? Well, Mel, Director of the Hayda Clinic, we really appreciate your advice today. I'm not entirely certain which day it is, but I'm pretty damn sure it's not Friday again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you, Mel. I don't know if everyone's got this available to him. We've installed a 21-year-old daughter who's calorie counting, and every time you go for a wine or a beer, she goes, really? Really? Do you need that tonight particularly? That's working pretty well. We should say that they had a clinic, our Australia's leading private drug and alcohol rehabilitation service. If you want to find them, Hada, H-A-D-E-R, clinic, queensland.com.au, or, of course, Lifeline 24-7, 13, 11, 14.